Hey everybody, it's Scott and Greg and Zach and Rachel, and it's welcome to another Corner Conversation on the Book of Acts. Today we are talking about being persistent in what we see in Acts chapter 19. Hit empty trash. That's a good way to start. What? Empty trash, here we are. Here we are, emptying our trash. <laughs> How many files you got in your trash? Wow, that's a lot. Is it 364 52? Wow! 452. That's amazing. I feel like I empty my trash every day because I don't like seeing a full garbage can. Mine automatically empties once a month. How do you do that? Just in settings. Oh, come on. It's the same thing with like, uh, you can do it with like iMessage and stuff too. Oh my gosh. Mm. These things are changing, changing my life already. I have, I have 35 gigs in my downloaded Folder. <laughs> That's the folder that I hate. I hate that folder. Oh, the, down, the downloads <laughs> folder. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Rachel, how are you feeling? Good. You good? I think. You good? <laughs> you weren't feeling as good I yesterday. I wasn't feeling good yesterday. But I think today I feel good. We'll see what happens tomorrow. I'll let you know. Yeah. Hopefully it stays. I just had a sore throat yesterday, which seems like everybody... I love it. Anybody can wake up in the morning with a scratchy throat and all of a sudden it's... they think their life is over. It's... Well, I didn't think my life was over. I just was like, I don't think I can go in public and I'm tired. You're fine. And so I was it's like, fine. I'm just going to let everyone know what's happening so I can go back to sleep and not have to deal with it for a few hours. When we had <laughs> but COVID. I did send a 5 a.m. text, which... I waited 10 minutes to send. That's amazing. <laughs> so. we had, when we had COVID, it felt like a lot of people around us that we knew also had COVID. Yeah. Like, none of you guys in this room at that point, mm-hmm. but like Scott's already had it four times and <laughs> so Greg, Greg doesn't get sick, so. Yeah. I know. I was like, Once. well, that's what I felt like. I was like, it has to be our turn. Like, how have we not had it? So. Yeah. Our turn. Yeah. It felt it's like it was turn. my turn. Yeah. So. Yeah. Do... Uh, all, there's all this conversation about if it sounds like a fan's on Scott's just downloading the world on his computer <laughs> he's just trying to empty his trash that's <laughs> how you know you don't empty your trash enough is when it makes that sound they probably can't hear it on the, on the mic please wait while we recycle 36 gigabytes of data <laughs> yeah. yeah I that's good um I don't even know where I was so talking about <laughs> sorry I was so distracted COVID. by your yeah. computer Mm. Well, moving on. Which time? Which time are you talking about when you had COVID? The first? I feel like still, I'll to this day feel like you guys had COVID before before it was in the news. Just you guys. You probably brought it to Minnesota. It was probably you. It could be the COVID bringer. Yeah, Mm. that sounds pretty biblical. You you were you were in Texas on that same trip. Oh, COVID bringer. (laughs) I thought you were sick before Texas, like in the yeah. I think you were January. February, I think. February. Because wasn't that when you guys were sick and it was like a different sick than you, your, your That's daughter? when Scott died and came back to life. <laughs> and I, so I did have um, a breakthrough case at Thanksgiving. And what I did have a year and a half before was felt the same. Mm. So I, I, sick feels like sick sometimes. So <laughs> sick feels like sick. I was very thankful that my COVID just felt like a lot of tired. Yeah. Just a lot of tired. Did you didn't have the skin and 
bones hurting? No, I got that when my shingles were hit. But. <laughs> <laughs> so my niece had COVID last week, I think, yeah. and she um, just had a baby. So her baby was in the hospital with RSV, which was yeah. awful. And then thankfully everything was fine. They got home. And then she had COVID the next week. And like in all of this, like kind of struggling with some depression. So started a new medication and like all of a sudden in COVID, she broke out in a rash. And so then she lives in Mankato. So they went to the hospital in Mankato and they thought it might be a, an allergic reaction to the medication, which has like a 10% fatality, fatality rate. Oh, man. Plus she has a COVID plus like just a baby. So like mm. all this stuff was happening Depression. and your body is, you know, already really tired. So they took her by ambulance to Rochester. Wow. And like they, there's like two really weird, rare thing, rare diseases. I can't remember what they're called, but like it has, it's related to an allergic reaction to medication. And so it was really scary because like my mom messaged me and she's like, they're freaking out and like they're sending her to the hospital and they're like taking her by ambulance rushes. And then they figured they they were pretty sure at that point though it was actually just a rash related to COVID, which is still scary because like yeah. it went into her face and things like that. And they but they sent her home, but it was like. With, it was just this pile up of not good timing of bad things happening. And so that was probably one of the scarier recent COVID things that have happened. And so then I think after that happened, I was like, we're all going to get it. And so I just assumed that I was falling yeah. apart. <laughs> I do think it's, <clears throat> okay. I mean, this is what part of what we're talking about today in Acts 19. But I think that. It's not just a Christian thing. I do think that when bad things happen to anybody, or specifically to us, that we, uh, like the question of why is this happening to me, gets to be really deep, sometimes dark or twisted quickly in people. And uh, <clears throat> I mean, if you're Christian, that's not it maybe too general, but if you're Christian, that can really, it's like a natural response to go, I must have let God down somehow. I failed. Is that, like, why is that, I think it's fair, it's not everybody, but it's pretty universal, and so, who's teaching that? Why why is that so universal? Yeah. I think part of the problem is, is that there's no, there's no comforting answer, Mm. and so, like, no matter how we ask that question, the reality is, it's not, like, you could say all the different things, you could say, why is this happening to me? Oh, because I was bad. Why is this happening to me? Because God trusts me that I'm good enough to be able to... Endure through it. Yeah, that doesn't help. Like all of those are. There's no good answer to that question. So it's one of those questions that's like, yeah, unfair to ask. Yeah. And then, so we start. We you can't help but when you hear that, try to build some sort of theology off of it. But then, yeah, it's broken no matter what because the question itself is broken. I don't know. It's it is interesting. Maybe I'm heretical here, but <laughs> I was just I was just telling here. you, Greg, a little bit about this. Just this whole concept of. It's called open theology. Do you know about it? Just, you guys know about the whole concept idea? I haven't done enough research, but it it's fascinating to me because it's this concept that God in his, uh, what is it, just weeks, omnipotence and omnipresence, his infinite power and infinite presence everywhere has essentially chosen to limit himself in some ways, even to the extent of has God limited himself to saying, I'm going to give people such free will that I'm not going to say that I know their future. 
because if I know their future, then it's maybe not fully free because it's still preordained or destined. They haven't fully chosen because they're still lined up to do this thing even if they thought they chose. There's complexity to it. But in that, the question of pain or suffering or like, yeah, why has bad stuff happened? It really shows a lot more to me this idea of like, well, free will really does lead to a world where people can choose really bad things. A world where people can choose to enact pain on others. A world where um, when tragedy strikes, we don't have uh, an overlord pulling strings, Mm -hmm. fixing everything, or making things really bad. Do you think, though, that uh, pain is always a the consequence of a choice that was made or my perspective is that pain is just inherent inherent part of life Uh, i mean and it's not inherently bad there is there is some choices that can lead to pain but just being alive guarantees pain yeah i think if you so you step step to the thirty thousand feet and a little bit to the side you you just go that pain is a part of, you know, spilling your, dropping your peanut butter sandwich, peanut butter down, is just a part of... 100% chance. Chance. Life. <clears throat> I don't think it's God uh, flipping your sandwich. Sure. Uh, there is, you, we often... Or get, the devil flipping your sandwich. For sure. Uh, there is something that happens when uh, the scale of disaster increases that we presume the greater involvement of deity... And so if your car flips over, it's different than your peanut butter sandwich flips over. Yeah. Um, and so that, that's, an, uh, that's a part of, it's theology. It's not, again, that's not necessarily right or wrong theology, but I think that's what people often think. Yeah. It's easy to do that. And so there's that aspect of it. So there's, there's chance and then there's also, I do think that God is involved and does intervene, but the when and where and how is, is complex. Yeah. And then on the other side of it all too is that there is, um, you know, life absence of pain is pretty awful actually. Uh, it doesn't make any sense cognitively maybe sometimes, but like the again the appreciation, thankfulness, growth uh, challenge. You know, even like again the pain of having to study for a fourth grade spelling test. I mean, that, that's pain, there's trepidation, there's anxiety or whatever that's tied to that. But it's part of growth. And it's the same thing as the peanut butter sandwich. So when pain is to a, this massive degree, uh, there still is growth. But then we often, again, will incorporate a new idea is that um, this pain is either not worth it or God is causing it or God should get me out of it. Mm. And where are the lines where these things move from things that are part of life, part of growth, and things that uh, God is opportunity to stop or should stop again to use blanket terms of like god loves us beautiful because god loves us there shouldn't be any pain or suffering i'm like whoa yeah we'll even zoom out from christianity the concept of avoiding pain or just wanting good is human nature i think about the whole concept of karma which has been around for a long long time in and out of christianity i would even say um, like I feel like we just Christianize karma and make it a weird thing anyway. But this whole thing of if you do bad, you will receive bad. If you do good, you will receive good. And I think so. The the thing that's powerful in that though is that I don't think like there's a universal like 
in the Christianity that we're in the sphere of, I don't think that's like taught, but it is really, really felt. Which that's the thing that I just go back to all of this. Oh, yeah. Is that um, I don't think there's some, like the best teacher or a teacher or well-heard teacher is going, when you experience pain, remember it's because you are terrible. Yeah. And when you're experiencing blessing, it's because you're amazing. I think that like that's, again, that's in us outside of, and you talk about like the harmonizing of it. Is that, uh, that the singer? The singer harmonizing. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I think that is uh, again. There, it's that's not scriptural for sure. I mean, it's bla- yeah. glaring in Acts, yeah. but uh, and I don't think it's taught. But it's 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 so fascinating to me when things that are not necessarily believed or taught, but yet are fully embraced and. Yeah, <laughs> it's like one of those things that uh, how you define the terms dictates whether it's true or not. Like I believe it's true that if you if you do good, you'll receive good. But how you define good is what matters. Yeah. So like if I'm say if I'm saying like if I do good things, I'll get. Mm. If good is get a bunch of stuff, mm. then it's not true. Yeah. But if good is uh, you know have deep relationship with Christ that yeah. leads to whatever, whatever. Yeah. Like, that is good. So it's like, it's it's hard because yeah, it does go down you can go, you can say these things that are true, but then if the people hearing don't have good definitions of what good is, then yeah. it's all broken. Because another definition says, I mean, I have my own life, others through certain lenses. Anecdotally, there's plenty of uh, examples of people who have done terrible and gotten good yep. mm-hmm. in definitions and plenty of examples of people who have done the best and have received terrible um, so yeah I think I don't know it seems like as humans though we want to I don't think anybody wants to have a bad life I don't think anybody wants to experience or like be in pain all the time I think we can learn to choose it but I think part of it is that most of us want good Things, things we would consider good, even if our definitions are different. And even, but we even have, I mean, maybe it's some of the semantic surrounding prosperity too, is that when even things that would be viewed as being prosperous, like having nice stuff, those all came with costs, which could by definition be bad. So like um, somebody would say, I've been really blessed and I've made all of this money. And then you know, the cost of that, of having to work hard or sacrifice time or give up things in order to get things... And so that in itself is like the, the thing that makes it so complex is that you'd say, this is such a blessing, but it also came with what could be viewed as a, you know, a, what a curse. You know, somebody would say, I've, I've made these millions and I sacrificed this time with these relationships to get it. And so I'm like, oh man, you had a, the worst. You were cursed because you had to give up that time. You were blessed because you got that money. And so who, who determines yeah. the good or bad or the worthwhile or the... Or not of that. Yeah. I think too, like there is a problem when we avoid pain. Like we I don't really love pain, but like you love pain. I love pain so much. No, I don't. Um, but like I think that the things we choose to do to avoid pain can be really harmful a lot yeah. of times. Like, I mean there's addictions, there's like just tuning out of the, life. The worst pain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like when we try really hard to avoid it, it that's the pain that, like, maybe God didn't choose for that person, mm. but, like, that's pain they chose for themselves, avoiding just feeling any sort of pain. And that points out 
addiction. This is a way oversimplification of addiction, but there is, uh, I would say that it's not universal, but there's probably a great understanding that doing something that is addictive probably isn't the best idea, but the draw of, mm-hmm. or the, the effect of that thing is enough to just plow through any of those fences. Mm-hmm. And so to say oh, yeah. that, um, you know, you know, really my heart, the spirit, whatever karma is, I'm drawn to what is easiest and best. Like mm. apparently not. <laughs> my brother would always, my brother is when did some sports stuff and he'd always talk about working out and he would say, Pain is guaranteed in life. You're either going to experience pain by what you're working out or you're going to experience pain by the outcomes of you not taking yeah. care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And so we choose those things in life often. And yeah. Yeah. Those are, whether we want to or not, mm-hmm. sometimes we choose yeah. them by avoidance. Mm-hmm. I think about the internal pains that I've completely forgotten about until my kids started to get older that my daughter has talked about like her growing pains, mm-hmm. which I forget mm-hmm. growing pains are a thing. That is, that's an example to me that literal what you're talking about by simply existing, you are experiencing pain. By simply being alive, you're experiencing pain. So if you take, again, the wrath of God, judgment of God, and turn it to 11, you could to your daughter, or your daughter yeah. could do to herself. Is yeah. well. What did I do, God, yeah. to, er, to deserve this? And we would, there's, none of us would <laughs> look at Cam and go, hmm. What did you do? Where's you your repent. sin? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, it's worse. Dad, what's a sinner? <laughs> you. You. You feel that pain? That's... <laughs> I mean, that, like, that's such a great example because it, that's so far from the, at least our perception of what the reality of grace and of yeah. pain and suffering. But, again, you come to a personal moment and you can just be like, I don't know. You have, you get in the car and it's almost out of gas and you go, why? I did that yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> we have one car right now. And so when Kelsey drives the car and there's, it says 10 miles left before you get oh, out of yeah. gas. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, so the, it's just such a quick leap to uh, this w- weird thing of like God is persecuting or God is against or God doesn't care. I think that's probably like the... A very clear surface of it is that um, why? What did I do so that God doesn't care enough to to fix this? Yeah, Zach, we were talking on Tuesday, kind of prepping for this message, and like I don't know, Acts nineteen is whatever the story, the things going on, but it almost feels like Acts nineteen is this summation of uh, like I think we look back on Paul in the past, like with a with this good perspective of like. He did all these things. He wrote these things. He's this amazing guy. But then you look at all of the moments of Paul's life, and it's like, it's amazing to me that he didn't quit, didn't give up, yeah. didn't, like, like all of these really uncomfortable, horrible things that happened to him. Uh, and he just has this persistence to it. And I, I often wonder, like, well, what was going on in Paul mm. to, mm-hmm. to have that conviction to per- continue to to do what he was doing even like even like this like less than even like the stoning and being injured and like people persecuting him just the times where it's like and it didn't he went and did this thing and then it didn't work and so he just did this other thing instead yeah it's like this the weird moments because you often think especially if you're in ministry or you grew up in the church you think like if i'm doing what god wants me to do Mm -hmm. i'm going to find success 
Yeah. And then when you don't find success, you go, well, what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> what the heck? But Paul just, he just does this pivot over yeah. and over again. And it's, it's amazing to me. I feel like there's this feeling that we're supposed to have such clarity all the time. And like when you read Paul or read Acts, not Paul, but read what he was going through, like it's really comforting to see him not always have the clarity. Like he thought he was supposed to go here and then this happened. So he went here mm. and it wasn't so much about, cause I feel like I have been stuck just waiting to know what's the next step. And it's like, but here we see that isn't, it doesn't have to be so perfectly clear all the time. Like it is yeah. pivoting. It is being willing to change direction. Just keep moving forward instead of getting stuck in waiting, waiting for what God has to say and waiting yeah. for what's next. Right in the middle of this chapter, and it's really the focus of this chapter that we're looking at, is that, you know, it's, Paul was, he went to synagogue like he always did to teach and they was there for a couple of months which you know i usually think in pockets of 10 minutes right he's there for a couple <laughs> months they doesn't work and so he gets up and he goes next door outside and then he spent two years and so in the midst of that you just go like paul there you are you're failing again you don't even you whatever oh yeah and by the way uh, handkerchiefs and aprons that he touched are healing people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so it's this is like the like the uh, it's it's like pulling hopefully it pulls us apart that we would go in the midst of what feels like incredible failure and this incredibly discouraging. Yet God is does the miraculous and yet get I thought I was supposed to go and do and be and all these things and that didn't work. But I took one step this way and Something happened for a little while, but that then that did like so. It's like we would love. Uh, I mean, you said it well. I think we hold Paul at some very surface misunderstanding of like he was such a great guy and did such yeah. great things. Yeah. And if you, I, I'm, I'm not. I don't. I haven't seen it. But if there was a spreadsheet of his life, and if you just write every aspect of positive and negative, yeah. I would say that. Uh, well. In human terms, it only takes one negative to overcome a thousand good things, at least if he's a human being, and he was. Mm -hmm. And he was probably pretty close to 50-50, if not more negative than positive. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just, I after we talked about it, I just, like, did a mind game of, like, applying it to myself. Because, like, I'll have coffee with somebody, and we'll be sharing, they'll share their story, and I'll share kind of my story. And, like, the way I share my story now... It can be easy to look on and be like, wow, God had this crazy, cool plan this mm -hmm. whole time. But like, then I think back to like the moments in the midst of that where it was anything but easy or yeah. anything but feeling like it was planned or organized. And like, you feel like you're zigzagging in life. And, but then when we look back, we're easy. when we tell the story, it seems like it's a straight line. And uh, I don't know. I think it's important that we look at these specific moments of Paul because they remind us that his faith journey is and his ministry is much more zigzagging than yeah. it is a straight line and and in my life my story is much more of a zigzag even today than a straight line even though we like to polish it i do think that uh last week we used that talked about at least i did that phrase of that there's opportunity for isolation and here is another one of those opportunity like the opportunity for persistence is available and that that's such a that's that that's, that's what it well mm -hmm. I think that what we what I want and what I want to read in Paul is like the 
opportunity for success, the opportunity to be fruitful, the opportunity to all these things like, yes, God, choose me. But the thing that Paul did for years is as he was from his conversion to his martyrdom is that he goes, hey, another day, another opportunity to be persistent. Not And it... And a lot of those days were terrible. <laughs> yeah. I'm in jail again. Yeah. Well, yeah, like just all that he accomplished, if you compare that to the means and the resources that he had available to him, it's, it's just so uh, lopsided. Yep. Like mm. it seem, would seem impossible. Like I think often it's easy to think, I can't, there's so many problems in our city and yep. in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I, and yep. then it just, I can't do anything because I just I can't solve it mm-hmm. so I feel like I can't do anything but yeah. yeah like Paul would just be like well I'm gonna do what I can with what I have yeah and that like just as I was like getting to the bottom of all this just thinking through this and just going that thing life is heavy everything around is so hard and so it can be a moment of like oh I'm just failing everywhere I don't know what to do or God where are you at as opposed to, I just, I really think, again, not to idolize Paul, because he failed a lot, but something that is admirable, and God blessed, used, was that he seemed to get up, whether he was in jail or being persecuted or teaching, it's like, huh, another opportunity to do this. Cool. Yeah. I'm in. And, and so to be able to verbalize that difference between somebody and me, not somebody, the moment when I go... I just don't know what to do anymore to the difference yeah. between I'm gonna all right, I'm gonna try again. Yeah, it's interesting when I think about my hardest times, I can have the mindset of, well, this is hard, but at least I have this good thing and this good thing and this good yeah. thing. And I sure Paul had that, but he also had these moments where he was like, Wow, this moment really sucked. And uh, my next moment seems like God's leading me into something that's really gonna suck. The next <laughs> the next few chapters he's He's leaving friends, and he tells them, I'm probably never going to see you again. Mm. He knows that he's going into persecution, torture, more arrest, more pain. And I always come back to this idea that anybody can do something hard one time, but to be able to do hard repeatedly, you're Mm. either insane or you have a level of trust in something that is greater than what you can see in the moment. Mm -hmm. And people who do hard things over and over again... um, who don't have the trust, I think it always catches up in some way. Yeah. But to see Paul, he exhibited this, yeah, this experience of faithfulness of God and then hearing again how God was calling him to be faithful. Hmm. And okay, here's this moment and it's hard. Here's this next moment and it's hard. I'm going to be real with that. But above all that, this constant line that God is like faithful and that he's invited me to re- like reciprocate the faithfulness, essentially. Not because I can earn something, but because this is what he's called me to. And so I want to learn that, because I don't, I, I don't live there. And I think I really, as we talk about persistence, I know we can easily get into the conversation, or at least the feelings for me, of i got to try harder. We, we've talked about willpower many times over the last few years. And everybody needs willpower and persistence in our decision-making. But when it comes to the uh, persistent over and over choosing hard, knowing what comes out of hard, that uh, that really strikes me that Paul mm-hmm. did that. And not because he was a superman, but because, again, he saw the faithfulness of God in so many ways that it was almost inevitable. Like he couldn't, 
he could not say yes to these things God was inviting him to. Um, which I feel like it's easier for me to say no. <laughs> like, mm. oh God, I don't, I don't want to do this thing. Like, it's, it's too hard right now. So I'm gonna back off. It's too difficult right now. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop or pause or do something else. And, and Paul just, yeah, God, here's another moment. I've seen you be faithful. I'm gonna try again. Knowing that God was with him through it all, he's so con- he's so consistent with that message all through Acts and other writings. How persistent God's presence was in the midst of his trial. And I forget that because I'm like, God, I'm in trial. Where are you? And Paul's like, oh, I'm in trial. God, I'm so glad that you're right in it with me. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. See you next week, guys.